Welcome to the Tooth or Dare podcast with Irene and Katrina. The only dental podcast to bring you a Canadian RDH and an American RDH. These ladies bring you mic-dropping interviews with your favorite social media peeps and epic people doing amazing things in dentistry. Now let's put our overgloves together for Tooth Life Irene and Katrina the Wine Genist. Episode of the Two Thirty Podcast, peeps. We are peeps. peeps. Me, Irene, and You're you. Irene, the other Irene. peep, Katrina Reen. Boom shakalaka. Hi, Katrina Reen and Irene Reen. Woohoo! Hi, how how Hi. goes it? What is happening? Oh my gosh! What like is I happening? Seen you um, in forever. It's been two weeks since we've released an episode. We've been, been doing this crazy. thing where we've been like taking a break. Can you believe that people do that? Like once in a while, like once weird. a week. I don't even know what this is. I'm very confused. Who um, are you? Yeah. So life is good. My uh, last week, my sister flew in town and got oh. to spend a lot of time with me. And um, you know, I now that. Uh, things are different in my family. When family comes in town, I prioritize that. So I really tried to not work as much. I mean, I still, of course, did stuff. But um, it was so good to see my sister and just have an amazing time. And then we went up to Wisconsin and Mm -hmm. got to um, do some celebration. It was the State of Wisconsin Organ and Tissue Donation Foundation um, big celebratory weekend this past weekend. So we got to, of course, celebrate mom. Um, for her gifts of uh, organ donation and my brother arranged to have a stone an engraved stone with her name and just you know who she was in a very specific donate life Wisconsin area um, in northern Wisconsin so we went to go visit her stone which was really beautiful and I just had a really nice time it was um, hectic it was, you know, we weren't in, in Wisconsin very long, so it was like maximize the time that you have while you're there and do all the things, you know? So it wasn't like yeah, yeah, yeah. a super relaxing vacation, but it was amazing. Really great to see family and what an amazing time of year to be back in the Midwest. So it was really good. Was nice. Did the lumber come back. with you? The lumber came. Yes, the lumber came. And Was that he, his first time in Wisconsin? Um, So he has been to Madison before, but this was his first time in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And actually, really funny story. There's a, a, a cover band there that I've been following since I was like 15 or 16 years old. They're called the Love Monkeys. So anybody who's in Wisconsin, you know who the Love Monkeys are. They primarily perform in the Wisconsin area for like fairs and festivals and whatever. Yeah. So they were performing while we were in town. So I'm like, oh my gosh, we have to go see the Love Monkeys. I've known John for literally half my life, the lead singer. So we we go <laughs> and get this. No. The lumber gets brought up on stage to no! sing. No, <laughs> stop. It was hysterical. So he's <laughs> up there and he's singing, you know, with the rest of the band and this and that. And oh my gosh, it was so funny. So then he gets off the stage and I realize. I've been following the Love Monkeys for literally half my life, and I've never been on stage. No way. Yeah, here he is, his very first Love Monkeys concert. He's on stage. Oh, it's hysterical. So now, of course, he thinks he's like a legend in the Milwaukee area because he performed on stage with the Love Monkeys. I'm like, okay. But You're a little jealous, though, are you? I'm super jealous. I know. I was like, what the <laughs> heck? How, how can I get up there? So, But it was really nice. And, I know how uh, you can get I'm up there. Like, I know how you can get up there. How? By being like I'm a... I'm a I feel like you need to dress up like a monkey 
and then be like one of those have you ever seen those valentine's day monkeys that are holding yes. the little heart i feel like yes. the, that will that's one way that or that's like a, good idea. A, a completely inappropriate way which we won't talk about which we, we don't I need mean, to talk about we don't need to do that rated our podcast on this on this sponsored episode um how are you irene irene i'm good i am uh i am okay I am only the, okay. the Tooth Life Studio celebrated one year of being Happy open. Happy birthday. Happy one year birthday. And I That's cried amazing. like a baby all week yes. long. I was like an emotional wreck all week long. Um, it's yeah. It's been an intense journey, Irene. It has. Like, we lost another assistant who uh, unfortunately gave us her notice. Um she was a lovely, lovely human, and she just needed a break from doing assisting work. So she's taking a nice long vacation. Good um, for so her. I'm like trying to find another assistant. I found one who can work part time, but I'm trying to find another one and also find a receptionist. So today I was playing receptionist again. Thank you for calling Two Life Studio, Irene speaking. I've like perfected that. That is, that is really good. It was really. Good. I used to. I used to work for a dental practice that's like a train station themed mm-hmm. dental practice. Like choo choo. And sometimes like choo choo. Right, like a train. Yeah, yeah. No way. Um, so whenever, whenever the phone would ring and like if everybody at the front desk was busy, um, but but I was like lingering around, I would answer the phone. And this is how I would answer the phone. You ready? Okay, <clears throat> I'm ready. Let's hear it. Thank you for choo choo choosing Dental Depot. <laughs> this is Stop. Katrina. How may I help Stop. you? And I'm not kidding. The patient would be like. Uh, oh I God. need to talk about my email. There's way <laughs> too so much confused. to unpack there. First of all, <laughs> what what dentist would theme their office train office train dental office it's, if it wasn't a pedo practice? And I know it wasn't a pedo practice. It, well, you've never you've never worked in pedo. It's, it, it's a heavy pedo practice, actually. Really? It's a heavy period. Yes, very heavy. But it was a pedo. general practice. It also saw it is a general practice. But yeah, of course we saw. But could you imagine and, being like? A 45-year-old woman just, like, calling to book an appointment. And then you come in and, like, the dentist is wearing a freaking conductor hat. No, they – well, I wanted to wear <laughs> conductor hats. But we didn't dress up the theme at all, which was, like, kind of annoying. Because um, I kind of wanted to do that. But everything else, like, we had – Were like, each operatory is not called ops. They were called carts. They're called carts. They, they kind of looked like a little train car. And then we had, like, a motorized train that would go through the entire office. Oh like, gosh. it would go from, like, operatory to operatory, this little train and stuff, which the kids were, like, so excited about it. They absolutely loved it. Our front office area looked like at the ticketing counter at a train station. Stop it was actually it. really cute. It was it was a lot that's of fun. Hilarious. I really enjoyed it. Um, so that's, that's how I'd answer. That's funny. But, yeah, so that, that was – that was I don't even know where to go. How do we even go with that? But, yeah, it was, it's been a year. It's One been a year. year. It's year. been a year, girl. It's yes. been a year. So that is what's happened. We we have a new sponsor. We have a new sponsor, Katrina. It's ha- I'm so, it's this happening. This is so exciting, Irene. It is. it is happening. It is, and you probably this is so exciting. Yes, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk to you about a variety of different things. But one, uh, welcoming our new sponsor, Philip. Who is it? Da-da-da-da. Welcome, Philip. Do 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 do. We're excited. Yes. So welcome to the pod. This is you exciting. You may have seen a little spoiler on my Instagram uh, over the last few months uh, into the announcement of my working with Philips, um, yeah. promoting oral care to the peeps, the dental peeps. And uh, mm-hmm. they have decided to also sponsor some of our episodes, which is pretty amazing. Um, starting That's with awesome. this one. And I am a little bit obsessed. Okay. 
I'd like to tell you that they sent me one of every single one of their toothbrushes. In, they in did? Their entire, what, Irene? In their entire portfolio, they sent me, not one, they sent me two of every one of their toothbrushes from like oh. the, the least cost efficient to the most cost, I don't know, not cost efficient, but like the cheapest one cost. to the most expensive one. Cheapest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that I can try them. And then they're like, but soon we're going to send you our new one which is called the Sonic Prestige Power Toothbrush that has Sense IQ, which is like built in. um, It has a variety of features that are built in, which I'll share with you in a minute, but it's the coolest and newest of their products, which I have yet to receive. And it is beautiful. Have you seen this yet? This well, so I'm looking at it right now, and um, for the viewers at home who are not driving to work right now, you guys seriously need to check it out. First of all, Irene, do you see that one of the one of their colors is champagne? Like what? <laughs> I'm you loving would. that. Um, you would <laughs> champagne. They have like a black, and then they have a pink, which is so fun. Yeah. Um, but this this is a gorgeous looking brush, girl. I love it. I the like case the is so cool it looks too. Like it's like a leather yeah. leather case with like some yes. rose gold accents. I mean, it's very aesthetically pleasing. Aside from yes. the features, it's beautiful. But the features are really cool. So it's it's got their new Sense IQ, which is I guess a version of AI that's built into their software that syncs the brush oh. with the app. Like, without you even having to open the app, it's got a lot of cool little things that it does. Oh. Um, yeah. That's kind of cool because, you know, patients, it's already, it's a pain in the butt just to get them to floss, right. let alone like, hey, open this app right. and then do this and then do that. And then, So the fact that that's already done, it, you're going to get so much more compliance, right? When somebody Oops. can just press the button and go, which is why we want patients to use an electric toothbrush, right? right. When you start to compare electric versus manual yeah. that's what we yeah, want the so i absolutely love awesome. that i i also like that it has a scrubbing indicator light not just a pressure indicator light which oh, is fabulous okay. yeah it illuminates this kind of visual warning to tell patients when there's too much pressure but also when they're scrubbing and that's something that i find people do quite a bit and there's no like indication for that on any other toothbrush so i love that it also has a head mm-hmm. replacement light. So when it's time to replace your toothbrush head, a little light on your handle will turn on and it'll tell you it's important oh, to replace the head. That's awesome. Uh-huh. It's got a brush placer and a smart timer. So it encourages thoughtful brushing and seg- sextants and segments of the mouth. And it kind of reinforces that two month, two minute brushing. Um, and then has a like a variety of, I think there's like five modes in the app. Um, so I'm very excited to try this toothbrush out. That's as awesome. Soon as I am able to get my paws on it because it is something else. Kudos Here, to Philips yeah. for really racking Totes. it and taking the things that were already so great yeah. about their Diamond Clean and creating, you know, some of the newer waves of things that hygienists have wanted their patients to be able to have so that we can better track this. Totally. And I love that that idea around like the Sense IQ technology because it's not just about pressing. Like we know that patients don't necessarily let the brush do the work mm. and they're trying to get involved in it. So I love that. And the fact that there's an indicator for the brush head to be replaced, I think is so important because totally. patients don't realize how quickly they can blow out those bristles, right. um, which I think is awesome. I mean, the technology itself creates up to 62,000 bristle movements so that's a lot of movement for bristles and it's important to know when it's time to replace them so 
kudos yeah. to you bravo here in canada if you're yes. listening and you're interested in getting your own as a dental professional you can buy their trial unit by contacting the phillips sales rep if you know who your sales rep is or there's a 1-800 number that i'll share in the copy below and for dental mm-hmm. professionals the fee or the price is only 159 dollars 99 canadian plus a- applicable wow. taxes um yeah so that's that's available that's to you awesome. it's a 500 toothbrush like let's just take a moment to, to preface that on Man. phillips.ca's website who doesn't it's love a decal 499 dollars 99 wow that's amazing so, and and seriously those of those of you amazing canadians listening to us check it out yes. Um, here in the States, please contact your Phillips rep because I know that they have, you know, they definitely want to get in. They want to show you this brush. Yeah. Also, though, and I absolutely love this, um, Phillips is honoring healthcare heroes all year long. So if you're a healthcare provider, you get 25% off of Phillips products. So oh, I love cool. that because it's... It's really about like supporting, you know, the people that are continuing to serve our community during this global health crisis. And I love that Phillips is getting involved in that. So uh, kudos to Phillips. Uh, Check it out and seriously, uh, you know, reach out to your Phillips rep to get your your hygienical paws on the brush. And being part of our Tooth or Dare Welcome to the pod. But we have an episode. Is it time for an episode? Mm -hmm. Yes. Tis time for an episode. So we've got an episode. We do. Is that what this you, is all about? Are you ready for an episode? I'm, I'm ready, ready for I an Okay, so I have a song for you. It's ready. Okay. It's queued up. Um, okay. I'm, I always get nervous about this song, though, because yours are more like cerebral than mine I'm are. eclectic. Yeah. So I think yeah. you'll probably get this one. Okay. I hope it's so. Pretty, I'm pretty easy. Okay. Here we go. You're dancing. I hear you dancing. I see you dancing. Do you know the tune? Is this the Copacabana? <laughs> no, it's not. You're close. It's, uh, okay, how would I help you? It's uh, the theme song to a popular TV show that has a very big spinning wheel. Is this the it, wheel, of, wheel of Fortune? It is. It is Wheel of Fortune. Oh, Irene. Okay. <laughs> did you get it? See what I did there? Do you see how far down the, the rabbit hole you have to drag my ginger ass? Because I, I don't know. Is it Nicole Fortune? It is Nicole Fortune. <laughs> yes. I feel like that wasn't even that far down a rabbit hole. I feel like that at was one really, point you that, played no, a song was, and it was like one word in the chorus that I had to really dissect. I... I thought it was the Copacabana theme song is where <laughs> the we're Copa, at. So that's Copacabana. No, 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 no. That's what I thought it was. No, it is Nicole Fortune. We interviewed a lovely human named Nicole Fortune, yes. who is a registered dental hygienist and has extensive experience in perio, non-surgical perio, preventative care, and um, has done some really cool things uh, with endoscopy and we talked about laser yeah. we talked about endoscopy we talked about and since then i have been on a hunt to find an end a perioscope or an endoscope um here in canada because we've been like having some trouble with approvals and stuff mm. so 
this this episode changed me, peeps. It really did. It really changed me. I look at Perio a lot differently now yeah, than I did well, before this Because you can actually look at it with a periodoscope, yeah. which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. here's the episode with Nicole Fortune, and we will catch you on the flip side. On the flippity flip. Trina, we've got a wonderful guest here, and uh, you know her personally, so I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass over the mic for you to do the intro today, because I, I yeah. don't know Nicole. This is so good, yeah. So I'm super excited, you guys. Um, you know, we're really trying to focus on bringing in people who are doing like really cool things in dentistry onto our podcast, and I just need you all to know who Nicole fortune is because she's absolutely amazing. Uh, she is a practicing dental hygienist. She works in periodontics. So gotta love our perio babes. Right. And she's amazing in providing non-surgical care in a completely different way in dentistry, which I'm so excited for us to talk about today. Um, she has an incredible amount of knowledge in perio endoscope and laser assisted hygiene procedures. Um, she is also a speaker. Uh, she, she's written some content, which is absolutely amazing. And she's really focused on being able to provide non-invasive, non-surgical care to patients and be able to do so that's best in alignment with their treatment needs. Um, she also, by the way, is dental codeology KOS. So she does a lot of work in the new dental codes that are readily available. Um, she has a BA from University of Vermont and has an MBA as well. So she's a smarty pants and get this, Irene, she what? was awarded dental hygienist of the year for 2017 in the state of Vermont. Like, isn't that what? amazing? <laughs> I know. I so want to cool. know how that happens. So, I want to know, know, I know. Whom, whom the entity is that awarded. <laughs> such bestows <laughs> such an amazing uh title i know isn't welcome that amazing to the, welcome to the tooth Dirt podcast nicole how welcome are you to today pod. thank you thank you it's so nice to meet you and it's so good to see you katrina yeah the Aww. 2017 my employer actually um he he wrote a letter and nominated me wow twice. i didn't wow. get it the first time so but the second time i did that's um, amazing it, it, it really is. It's, it, it is. He, yeah. And everybody was there. My parents were there. My husband, my son, um, was the this like staff. with the state board? Like who do, who did he write a letter to? Yeah. He wrote a letter to the Vermont state dental hygiene association because cool. they choose somebody every, every year. But I have to tell you just like, Oh, this is going to sound terrible, but just like a man, like he wrote the letter and he had like dates wrong and other, you know what I mean? Like the details. <laughs> like, your anniversary I mean, was wrong and right. your birthday was wrong and your favorite color was not purple. Yeah, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Potato, potato, whatever. Yeah. I'm like, all right, never mind. You know, it's <laughs> the Right. It worked. Really so whatever cute. he wrote in there, fictional or, 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 or fact, it's a, it, it worked. That's right. It worked. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, there's got to be a lot of merit that goes to having someone write a letter like that. And I want to learn more about what you're doing in your professional life, but I, I don't know you as a human. So let's do the thing, oh, Katrina. Do the let's thing. Do, do the thing. Do I the mean. way back, do playback. Do and <laughs> let's go back to, I mean, how far can we go back? Can we go back to kindergarten? Like where, where did you, where were you born? And do you have any siblings? Were you in the marching bands? Like, did you play Mostly the Mostly we were in the marching band. That's what I want to know. Yeah. Yeah. We want to like, no. let's go back to elementary school. Where did you grow up? Where were you born? Yeah, so I am in, I live in Richmond, Vermont, and that's it, that town that I grew up in. 
Um, I moved away in my 20s and I came back when I had uh, married and started a family. I'm an only child. So I am uh, actually live next door to my parents. No <laughs> oh way. My gosh, it's, so funny. A, it's just a blessing and a curse, you know, because, <laughs> you know, you can, it's, like, it's, go over to borrow a cup of sugar, but then you can also like walk past them when you're like coming home in the Uber after a few glasses exactly, and I get the Sorry, question because my mom knows how to text now so where'd you go what are you doing are you eating out are you shopping what are you getting <laughs> but they live next door and um they grew up in this town which is really wow. pretty cool so and like you know they came from families that were pretty well known around here so the stories my dad's like the unofficial mayor um and <laughs> um and he has some pretty awesome stories um because he knows everybody one way or another so i went to um yeah so i went to school here uh, my high school i graduated with like 70 people so it was wow. pretty small yeah. it was really tiny at the time the school's gotten much bigger now like hundreds of hundreds of kids um but we everyone knew each other and um Fun fact, uh, I was telling my son, who's going to be a freshman this year, that uh, when I was in high school, there was a designated smoking area for the students. No way. Wow. What? Holy cow. Isn't that crazy? I know. That is insane. Well, so yeah, they'd get in trouble for smoking in the bathroom and be told to, right. yeah, you know, go to your go to your spot and go smoke. To your spot. Oh, yeah. Sixteen-year-old yes. Joey, get over there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> So, wow. Um, and then I, um, yeah. So then I went to um, college here. I got, I went to the University of Mont, and I was one of the first people in my family to go to school, go to college. And my father had said, "Well, you can be either a teacher or a nurse." And so I was like, "I'm not being either of those because you know, like, you're not going to tell me what to do." So, yeah. so. the only child, and you stood up for yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, so I, where did dentistry yeah. come from? I guess that's, so, that's kind of where it came from. You rebelled into dentistry. No, not quite. So I, it's funny because I kind of am a teacher and almost I'm like a tooth nurse. Right. So it kind of did happen that way, but yeah, I, I digress. Right. So I started out, I was a psych major and I worked in the battered women's shelter for a while. And then once it started to become too overwhelming for me, I had tossed around the idea of going to graduate school and I felt like I'm not good enough. I'm not going to put myself through that. Blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> I went to work at uh, a friend of mine worked at uh, uh, New England Telephone, which was a big deal around here. You had to know someone to get in and then you got like your insurance was covered and they had pension and the, nothing was going to happen to the telephone company. Right. You know? so my parents were so psyched, you know, like this is it. Um, and I hated every second of it. So um, I finally kind of jumped ship. Uh, had a headhunter come up. This is pre-internet, right? Because I mean, I'm 49, so this is back in the day. And headhunters came in person uh, from New York City, and they um, I applied for a position as a wellness coordinator in um, a company in New York City. And then the company almost folded almost within like six months of me working there. And not, not because um, you did something wrong, right? Yeah, I was obviously not because of was it no. was it you? Did you what did you no. tell us really? No. You can talk <laughs> about it now. I'm sure that NDA is long, long That's gone. Long gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think it was because I was working for a criminal. Like I worked for this guy oh. named Michael Milken, who was somebody that had gone to jail for Shouts to Michael Milken, if you're listening. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. He'll listen. Yeah, I'm sure he's listening. Um, but he got out of uh, jail. jail and yeah, I didn't really know like what, because again, no internet. I couldn't like go yeah. to the Google, right? And right, look right. things up. So anywho, come back to Vermont, tail between my legs. You know, what am I uh, going to do with myself? My um, old manager at the phone company is like, do you want to eat your job back? And you know, those moments in your life where you you say something and you don't know where it came from. Cause I definitely needed my job back. And I was just like, Nope. You know? And I wow. said, I said no, <laughs> but I needed it. So I applied for a job at an endo office and they said, Hey, you'd be great with patients. And it was the perfect place for me. It was all female, super strong, feminine power. It was the, the best place for me at the time. Um, but you know, endo gets a little stale, you know, <laughs> And so I definitely wanted a little more and I moved on to oral surgery and I was there for six or seven years and I did a lot of really cool things. And I get to the point where I was putting lines in for patients that were being sedated. I helped with a sagittal reduction where we used to actually tie teeth down when you broke your jaw. Um, wow. So I was, I worked for a So what of position did you have? Me. Were you, were was, you an assistant? I was an assistant, but I worked with doctors that recognized my ability you know, yeah. so I got into it, I learned and I kept doing things. So they kept giving me more and more options. And then one day, um, one of them came up to me and said, you know, you, what do you want to do? You know, this, you, you can't stay here. Not that they didn't want me to stay. So his, I was in hygiene school and then I moved on to perio. So that's kind of how dentistry came in. Um, totally out of the blue, was not planning oh, wow. on it, was not planning on loving it. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So have you worked in the same perio practice since? Yes. I worked in the same. From one to the other. Yeah. So I, I worked in the perio practice for um, 16 years and I I recently moved, moved on and I've been, I have this vision. I have a vision. Um, (laughs) There's so many, we only have like three perio offices maybe four in the state. So they are slammed and uh, it's, there are, there are areas in this state where people are never going to come to town, right. Come into the the city to have work done or they can't afford to. So I have toys. I have my own endoscope. I have my own laser, you know, like I would love, and I'm trying to, I'm going to reach out to these dentists to make a plan. Listen, I'll come to you like once a month, twice a month, you line them up and I'll just do all of your root planings for you. And it'll be a much better result than you would have gotten with blind scaling and root planing, but it's going to be a lot um, easier for the patient financially and physically um, than traditional surgery. So let's talk through that a little bit because, um, you know, a lot of a lot of us maybe have seen some images of this or, you know, seen some videos on it, but uh, perio endoscopes have really, they're, they're not new, but they're new ish on the, the conversation around them is new. I would say, um, how did you get into perio endoscope? Um, you know, where did you get your training from on this? And tell us a little bit about how that works how that worked in a perio office. Because, start from the beginning. Start from yeah, because yeah. in Canada, in Canada, that's perio endoscopy, endoscopy is not a big a big thing, and even in in working in a perio practice, there's a stigma around 
what right. perio practices are and what and where lasers fit in. Right. And there's this like oh, philosophy yeah. that like, well, lasers are not what we do in perio. We do flaps, we do procedures, we do crown lengthening, we do right. all of the above. We don't do lasers because lasers is a GP thing. Right. Um, yeah. So that's funny. Start, yeah, start it's from true. the beginning. Start yeah, from let's, let's let's do it. How were yeah. you first? Dis- <laughs> how did you first discover what a perio endoscope was? How did you learn how to use it? How much is this okay. thing? Which ones are there? What brands do you like? Awesome. Okay, so in the beginning, I'm no, just kidding. <laughs> there was a there was <laughs> once the upon a time. Once long, upon long a time. So I learned a long time ago that um, you know if your doctor asks you if you want uh, a new piece of equipment or whatever you just say yes even if you don't know what it is so I was um I was coming back to get my doctor and for for an exam and he said do you think you would ever use an endoscope and I said yes (laughs) (laughs) and then you're googling what it is later and you're like "Uh (laughs) uh-oh I don't even know what this is yeah so I didn't, you know, and I, I had been using lasers for about 10 years and I went and sought out extra training for myself through the Academy of Laser Dentistry. So I can use a CO2, all the diodes and the NDAG um, uh, through that training. So, I mean, I, I, I was, I was ready. Any new equipment? Yeah, let's give it a run. So I didn't know what it was and, and it landed in our office. We had six hygienists and I was the only one that really wanted to know how to use it. And after I done wow. some research, and I realized it had been around since 1988, but of course the technology was horrible. The images mm-hmm. you couldn't really see what you're doing. Um, it wasn't it wasn't worth it. I think mm-hmm. back in those days. But then uh, you know things have improved, um, and we ended up with a perioscope, which is the one that is sold through Zest Dental. And then I've also used uh, the Diva machine, which is through Oraview. So the Perioscope is a an updated uh, version of the original, you know, from 1988. So it has a, a, a clearer screen, flat screen monitor. It's an older um, style camera. There's a little bit more um, mechanics to it um, than with the, the Diva. And the camera is actually mounted closer to the um, the camera's mounted closer to the monitor. So you have this fiber optic, which has a whole bunch of lights all the way around it. And in the middle are image guides. You put that guy down into the pocket and that light disperses. And then the reflection that comes back gets, goes up the fiber into the camera and gets translated into an image. Isn't this stuff fabulous? Um, so, so, and that, and it's great. Um, what Oralview has done with it has they have actually mounted the camera that translates things down where the root is. So just that traveling makes it a little bit less of a clear image. So they're mounting the camera on the end of the fiber on the end of the scope makes it more like a video scope, which is something they use. They have used in uh, Perio in the past, but it's big and clunky and it's normally used in um, actual surgeries, you know, for the rest of the body. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the two, there may be others out there, but I have not found them. Uh, but those are the two primary companies. Um, and yes, I've been contacted by some hygienists in Canada about the endoscopes and uh, wanting to, thinking about getting their hands on it um, and wanting to know what my experience was. So I know there is some, there is some interest for sure up yeah. there. Um, well, we get most of our literature 
from the U.S. I mean, you've got more hygienists per capita, more hygienists in general, more dentists in general. Um, so we're a little bit behind in uh, technology, I'd say. Like oftentimes things get released in the U.S. first and then it takes mm -hmm. a few years. We also have very strange and strict guidelines with medical equipment here and getting approvals mm -hmm. for medical equipment. Um, so yeah, we're, we're often a little bit behind, but it's interesting that we're behind b by like 35, almost 40 years, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't see, you know, you're right there, right? Yeah, Canada yeah. always seems to be yeah. like, in, you know, yeah. Um, so we ended up with the periscope. Uh, my doctor and I were the two that were going to get trained. He sat down and it was like five minutes and he was, nope. You know, it's too detailed. It takes, there is a pretty steep learning curve. It takes yeah. about twice as long to do what you, so if I took me an hour to do a quadrant, I would schedule two hours um, in the beginning. And you're looking at things in a detailed manner because not only can you see the root structure, but it's magnified. So mm -hmm. the periscope's about 50 times and the, and the aura view is, you know, exceeds that, um, almost triples that to 100 to 150 times. So you can, can you actually alter see- the magnification? Like, is it like a, a, a setting on the software where you can say, I want to see more or less? No, it's not so much that as it is the position. So like if you're closer to it, it's more right. magnified. Think about a mag, mag, you know, a little yeah. magnifying mirror type thing. So um, if you're closer to it, it's, it's usually a bit more magnified. If you pull away, you'll get a bigger, a larger view with less ma magnification. But what you can see is that burnished calculus. You can see, you know, fractures. You can see recurrent decay. You can see so many things. I can see micro gaps um, with our dental implants. I can see cement on the implant. I can see necrotic bone on the implant. Um, there are a lot, a lot of, I can see floss that gets caught on the implant. No way. You can see the floss. What? You got me at floss. Oh. You sold me at I can see the floss. <laughs> that was Forget the micro fractures the and, and, and the recurrent decay and the necrotic yeah. bone. It's the floss that got me. Yeah, no yeah. No, you can because if it snags and it breaks there, you know, they, we don't know. Patients don't really know that the implant doesn't have any nerve endings. And of course, it's not the way that the inflammation um, in the tissue reacts around an implant. They're not going to necessarily feel anything. Right. Um, so it's when they sit down and you get that exudate and that bleeding. And then I stick that, that camera up there and I'm like, oh, so you have, because it's so magnified, I can see you have a little rough edge on that crown. Right. Yeah. We're not going to have you floss that implant anymore. We've got other options and we're going to find something else because it's not worth losing the implant, which I, right. has happened where people sure. have lost them, you know, just unchecked inflammation. It started with shredded floss. Sure. Um, so I started using it with root planings. My doctor didn't want anything to do with it. He wants his blade fat. And that, and that speaks to the periodontist in your, that you were just talking about when you, you know, you go with what, you know, you go with what is, is quick and it, let's, you know, periosurgery will work. <laughs> you know, it's tried right. and true. You know, if you're going to lob off, somebody's in an eight millimeter pocket and you lob off four millimeters, just making that incision, you know, sure. I mean, you've already made things. And if you have a really nice vertical bony defect, um, you know, there's so many wonderful grafting options, sure. um, but patients don't, patients don't want their gums cut. I know that's a shocker. Actually, there were studies <laughs> that were done, right? I know. What? What do you don't say? I know. I know. I know. Like a rumba. Cut my gums any day. 
Right. Bring it. No, and people don't, they don't want their gums cut. And so there was a study that was done that actually showed that people fear periodontal surgery more than they do a root canal, you know, and the root canal has always at least had like the bad, you know, image, you know, everyone says, oh, at least it's not a root canal. Yeah. Um, Yeah to compare everything in life to a root canal. And it's not that, it's the periodontal surgery that people fear the most. Um, so, so, and actually, yeah, go ahead. No, no, you you go ahead. I'm gonna, I wanna, yeah. wanna go back to the endoscope technique yeah. before you, we move on. Um, yeah. Is it two hands? Do you have it's to two use hands. two hands? So one for you, the fiber and then one, how, tell me how so, it so all that's, works. Th- so, so that's a, um, yes, that's the most efficient way to do it. And that's where your learning curve comes in. You've got your non-dominant hand with uh, the fiber and you've got your dominant hand with your instrument. Um, so you're not really looking down at the patient once you get going and you get really smooth with it. Um, and in the room I was in, it was really, I felt like, you know, those cartoons with like the, the, the dog with like the, the, you know, the one man band thing where he's got the symbols and that's exactly what I felt like when I first started, because I had the way my room was set up, my ultrasonic kettle wouldn't reach to my right foot. So I had that in my, on my left foot, but it was in my right hand. <laughs> And then the, and the scope was in my left hand, but the pedal for that was on my right foot. So, I mean, I was <laughs> so crazy, um, but you get used to it. I mean, it, 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 you really do. It's almost like riding a bike and I cannot explain it, but once you get going, you just get going. And it's just a matter of, of, of you know, practicing over and over and over again. And there will be areas where it's difficult. Like if you have a, if you have a relatively shallow pocket, like a five millimeter, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to use a scope because it's too tight. You can't get in there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can see it and you can't get to it. So I can see it in that percation, but I, I just don't have an instrument that's adapting to that. I just can't seem to get there. So there will be challenges even after you kind of master it. But really, it just takes time, and it it takes time, and you got to give yourself the the opportunity to, you know, to take the time and just um, and just learn and just know you're going to get better. There are some people that will do it single handedly. Someone going with my scope, and then I'm going to go in with my ultrasonic. Then I'm going to go in with my scope. I don't do that. Use it like an explorer, almost like you except instead of exploring with tactile sensation, you're exploring with your peepers. Yeah, exactly. That's how we call what we call eyes here in Canada. Your peepers. peepers. Your peepers. Yeah, they're they're attached <laughs> for to all your the doodle. For all the for all the four year olds listening. Um, okay, um, so no, I, I think that's awesome too. So I, my question to you, Nicole, is, you know, we I was taught in hygiene school the traditional scaling and root planing procedure. I know that we've paradigm shifts have certainly pivoted, right? So the idea sure. behind like the removal of diseased cementum, the idea that like endotoxins are firmly bound into that cementum has certainly been now debunked and we're trying to move away from that. But what I find is that we have kind of this very polarizing um, paradigm in dentistry right now, particularly in the hygiene profession, where a lot of us were trained on this. And although we know that we shouldn't be quote unquote root planing slash removing this cementum, many of us still are. We still want to feel that glass smooth root surface. And then there's an 
another group of hygienists that graduated from hygiene school at a time or at a school where they were teaching that new paradigm where it's like, okay, you're not looking for glass smooth root surfaces. You're looking to remove anything that's plaque retentive, but you have to leave behind that cementum because that cementum is important for long junctional epithelial healing and all that attachment. So my question to you is, um, what would, what would you say to the hygienists that still want to remain in that tried and true, like, nope, I'm going to feel with my Explorer. It has to be glass smooth. What are you seeing with your peepers? Um, as far as like torn cementum, um, what, what type of damage are we actually doing that you can visually see in patients that have had root planning done before, for example? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I do see that. And I was trained on the velvety root surface. You know, that's what, that's what I was trained on. And I can't blame people wanting to get in and do that glassy root surface. When I see the periodontist do a surgery, there is, you know, that, that root is as smooth as can be, but it's not ideal for sure. Um, and I have seen uh, root root damage for sure. You can see where uh, ultrasonics, especially like the, the tip of your cavitron, if something's not adapting, it's amazing to me how how I was not adapting well. Now I'm assuming that when I'm watching myself, I'm actually in the same position I was when I was doing it blind, but you know, who I can't prove that, but it seems um, I didn't realize just how little of the instrument actually adapts to the tooth and when you need to turn. So I find a lot of damage along the line angles where we've kind of scraped the root clean. There's concavities there. Um, I saw there was a um, uh, patient, they root plane and scaled. It was, uh, uh, he had a root canal treated tooth and I could see where it, to me, it did not look like external resorption. It looked mm. like it had been torn and I could see that kind of because the you know it's not a straight line typically right 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 plus i'm seeing you know relying on that explorer to feel glass that actually may be tricking you because i see a lot more burnished calculus than you could you know than you realize i didn't realize how much was out there so um you know, keeping to go, going for that goal over and over again, and not really knowing if your technique is truly making a difference, you could just be making, creating an area that's just going to continue to disease. And we see that with our patients who we, maybe we get a little bit of resolution, but they continue to bleed or this whole soft tissue management thing, which drives me nuts to hear. And I don't know why I don't like that term, but, um, but I don't, because in my mind, it reminds me of like, whack-a-mole games, right? These patients go through their their procedure, but it's not done as well as it could have been done. And so we just, every time they, a pocket pops up, bam, we whack that mole and we try to get that one pocket and we just yeah. keep going through that. That's what I envision when people talk about that. Um, yeah, I don't know if I went on a, off on a tangent. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. Yeah. I want to talk about ultrasonics a little bit and what yeah. it looks like when you're using it with an endoscope. How how do you see and well, first of all, let's go back to indications. So you talked about that shallow pocket, that three to four or even five millimeter, like three or four, no point, but five millimeter pocket is way too shallow, especially if you have tight tissue. Um, when would it be indicated and what's your sweet spot and what is the point of no return? 
Sure, gotcha. So I um, I think it's indicated um, pretty much always, <laughs> with the exception of Even those if you can't get types. it in, just try. <laughs> right, just, you know, keep pulling. It's going to get in there. <laughs> A little bit of topical. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> Other than that situation, I think even if it's the distal, if you have a furcation on the distals of the seconds, you know, when you're trying to get up in there, that might be difficult for us to see, difficult for us to reach, but I still think that you're better off using a camera and seeing what you're doing versus going in there blind. He actually came to me one day and said, don't take away all my surgeries. <sighs> you bought it, you know? I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. this was your idea. Um, and and that that's an interesting concept too, because there there are some doctors. Um, I know Oris Kormanicki, he's retired now, but he was in Arizona and he, all the root cleaning and scalings happened with the endoscope and he rarely had to do any kind of flap procedure and his schedule was still full. It's kind of like, if you build it, they will come kind of thing, right. you know? So they still had other procedures in there. Um, and certainly in our situation where we have, you know, so few periodontists, um, what we would do uh, with our LANAP cases, this comes back around to, to lasers, and, uh, but the laser-assisted new attachment procedure, which is done with the NDAG laser um, on a doctor's setting. Normally, mm -hmm. the doctor would, it, that patient would be in the doctor's chair and he'd go through and he'd do the, the laser and then he would take, pick up a piezo and he'd start going to town and then he would finish up. But when we got this endoscope, what we did is we started moving those patients into my chair because I can give an so I give anesthetic. I can start knocking off some of that heavy calculus. He comes in and does his initial pass with the laser mm. when he can, and mm -hmm. I keep that patient there. And then he still has his other four rooms that are collecting a doc, you know, have a doctor's level of you know revenue as well as my as well as my room. Um, yeah. So that worked, you know, that seemed to work out really, really well for us. You get some cool kids. So that, that's what we do at AZ Perio. So we have hygienists that, <clears throat> well, you know, we have Laura Corbin at AZ Perio, who is a Perio endoscope rock star. So she runs her own column. Um, and she came from Dr. Oris, so she worked with Dr. Oris quite a bit. So we have, we have all their patients now, cause we've acquired all those charts, but we have a, a specific type of hygienist that we call the clinical hygienist and they work in the surgical op with the doctors. So we anesthetize the patient doctor goes in with the first pass with the NDAG. Then we spend the majority of the time with the patient, you know, performing the actual bulk debris removal doctor goes in and then we use the, the yakna to yeah, stimulate yeah. the bone, get that bone to bleed. And then doctor comes in and does that second pass with the NDAG, which takes like four minutes. So <laughs> the majority of the time we're actually working with the patient. Um, and they definitely appreciate that, uh, a, the hygienist is a part of this because then when they see us for post-ops and maintenance procedures, there's a, a great amount of value and respect that the hygienist has with the patient, because we were there in the surgical op if they weren't sedated, if they're sedated, they're like, you know, right. I'm like, we hung out for a long time last week. And the patient's like, I have no idea who you are, which is always <laughs> kind of funny. But you know, the idea being, these are procedures that really elevate what the hygienist is doing. I'm surprised that so many hygienists in the practice initially had no interest in learning, um, or, you know, wanting to acquire those skills. Are yeah. you finding, because because you, you speak on this quite a bit. Are you finding that hygienists are embracing technology more? Yeah. Is there still a lot of reticence? I know there's always the, well, my doctor's never going to buy this for me reticence, which I get. 
Um, but are you seeing that hygienists are more excited or more, um, wanting to be a part of this now? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we can see the hygienists can see the value in this. I mean, there have been studies after studies that show that it's much more effective at detecting and removing calculus than our traditional instruments. And that makes complete sense. We didn't need a study to tell us that, but we have that. Um, and I found, I think that the people, I think that our office was so very busy that, um, some, everyone had, you know, different extra jobs. And I think it would have been just too much. And a couple, quite honestly, were retiring very soon and, you know, that they were making plans to exit. Um, so there is, uh, there is someone now that does it in, I, I trained her before. Um, when she first started on, uh, but I find they are embracing it. And that's interesting because that you say that about elevating the, the hygienist, because um, I would have patients. The reason I started talking about all this is that I would have patients more than one say, oh, you're more than a hygienist. And I completely understand that they were giving me a compliment. I know that's where that was coming from, but I was screaming in my head. Because, and I, some, I would say, well, actually, we can all do this. So that mm-hmm. became my motivation to, to bring that out and say, this is what we can do. And these are the things that can happen. And there are some, um, you know, I'm speaking about this at RDH on one roof, and I'm creating a nice um, kind of talking points for hygienists to go back because there's nothing worse than sitting through this awesome technology CE course and then going, well, I'll never see that or I'll never be able to use it. So I'm hoping to try and guide them because I think that doctors are being a little bit short-sighted, especially areas that do have someone on every corner, you know, that Mm -hmm. they're looking to, to establish themselves as unique and different and bring in uh, patients for that. And, um, and, and patients will come, you know, if they know yeah. I had a patient fi- Boston, she lived in Boston, three and a half hours away. And she found us online and wanted to come and do, she didn't have a car. She was going to take a bus and come up and she'd stay at a hotel and we would do one half of her mouth one day and one half the next day, wow. you know, and on that bus trip, she was going to pass how many offices that could treat her. Yeah. Right. But, yeah. she, and she was looking pretty heavily because we, being one of three periodontal offices in the state, there was zero attention to our online presence. We didn't need sure. it. Sure. We yeah. were busy. So she, we're not on page one. So she was digging uh, to find us. Um, so patients will put that effort in and they will, um, they will seek her out. I'm sure that uh, Laura could tell you that with Dr. Kormanicki's office, yeah. you know, they would get a referral to another periodontist and the patient would actually come to them instead. Yeah, I think one of the, I think one of the things that you mentioned about, you know, hygienists seeing cool things at trade shows and then coming back to reality and thinking like, I'm never going to be able to get this boils down to building communication skills on how to get what you want. And it's not by, you know, putting your foot down and threatening to quit and having, you know, being upset about it. It's I, as a business owner, understand how difficult it is to add a new piece of technology or appointment type to your busy schedule. So if my doctor who just came to me, so I have two docs that work on site in the practice that I own, and he came to me and he said, I want to start doing implants. My first instinct wasn't that, oh no, the, you know, the 
equipment is going to be expensive and I'm going to have to start to retrofit some of my units to be able to have <clears throat> uh, surgical hand pieces and saline lines and all of this crazy stuff. My, my initial gut instinct was, well, where am I going to put all my restorative patients? Yeah. Um, mm. So I feel like that is probably one of the biggest drivers that a doctor will have, not about like the expensive piece of equipment. Cause in the end, you know, you write it off and it depreciates value over the course of a few years, use it as a tax, dedu tax deduction, but it's about what am I going to do with the rest of my office and the rest of the right. team. And now I have to not only train the hygienist how to use these pieces of equipment, but I have to teach my assistants how to maintain them. I have to teach my front desk how to be able to talk about them when someone calls right. and how to schedule it. And it's this whole like, butterfly effect that brings anxiety and in the end you only have so many hours in the day so i feel like and you probably talk about this in your course and sadly i can't come to rdh under one roof which breaks my heart but i feel like that's probably part of your course of like how do you even pitch this to your doc and how do you help in making the transition because it's not just about providing the new piece of equipment and the new piece of treat a new treatment type but it's about how do you help integrate it so that it's a seamless transition between unboxing something cool and then using it on your first human. Right. Um, how do you unfold what, that? In, yeah. In how, the what's the succession? Yeah. How do you incorporate that into your office manual? Obviously you need some, some, some training, cross training for everyone. How do you propose someone has that conversation with their, with their boss or office manager? So, you know, every office is certainly different. So it, that's kind of a unique question to answer. Um, I, I, I do think you have to be, you have to establish yourself in a position that you are a champion for the practice, first of all. I think that's probably the biggest thing that we could do as hygienists. Um, and it, making positive suggestions, you know, in a, in a non, like you said, non-threatening manner about different things that, that you might see. I think you need to have that position before you can go in and actually make a change. Um, and I, I, I feel like I had that. Um, you will get physical training from the companies that, you know, that you buy that from. So that's just a matter of time. And maybe that means, you know, we went in on a, on a Monday when we're normally closed, you know, to, to practice and do that. Um, so I think you need to look at the schedule. You need to take a look at where and really look and see where could I put these people in. Now, if you bought that equipment today, you probably wouldn't have time to actually get it into, you know, to train and do everything for like a few months, right? Yeah unless you were to look ahead and say, okay, I've got this replaining and scaling. Blocks. Start blocking out time so it's there. Um, and then also I do think that making it appealing to the doctor is, is a big thing. I, I, did, I find that it gets dismissed as a hygiene tool. You know, like that's just like your scale or it's just like your whatever. Um, so I think finding a way that it, you can communicate that it will elevate the practice, either with getting all these perio patients that won't go to a periodontist and mm -hmm. treating them uh, in-house, or a lot of doctors are afraid to refer out because they don't, they think they're not coming back. You know, they'll, mm -hmm. they'll, the periodontist will keep that. Um, so being able to 
treat these patients and do it in-house? Um, it's a complex question. So here's, this is usually what I tend to do. If people have, they want to do this, they want to bring this into their, their office, I usually schedule, you know, a, like an hour phone call with them, a Zoom, and have them, you know, bring to me tell me how many rooms do you have? How many people do you have? What, what is the process of people scheduling? Um, what does the front office look like? Do people usually use your website for information or do they call um, or do you give them pamphlets? And we try to map out something together that they can then bring to their office manager or their doctor and say, this, I have it planned out this way. What, mm -hmm. uh, what, is, what, is it, what does it cost? And what, what, what's the ROI look like? I mean, your billing codes are different in the U.S. than they are here. Here we bill by time. Yeah, um, I heard that. That's so different. Amazing. It's really amazing. They actually do it in other parts of the world. Now that obviously I'm a world traveler, yeah. obviously I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of places actually, in the world do it by time. I was going to say, like, United States, we're like the only ones, you know, like we don't do the metric system. Like we don't... <laughs> You know, right. like the you, rest of the you world don't is, use use in in your words. Yes, we like don't use flavor or favor. Or yeah, favorite. Yeah, we just just yeah favorite. Do you use a U in fluoride? Yes. Yes. Okay, just checking. I just wanted to make sure that you're on par with the rest of us in the world. <laughs> so, what does that look like cost wise? Because you said one hour of of SRP turns into two hours of SRP, perhaps when you're new, when you're learning, when you're, when you're, you know, getting used to it. So right. that to me is eight units of scaling yeah. and three units of scaling. I know is 173 bucks ish. So that's a whole ton of money for one visit. Right. Yeah. So every, you know, if I personally, you know, of course, if it's a fee for service office, you're golden. Right. I mean, I think Dr. Kormanicki's office was like that or someone else I know, um, maybe in Ohio, yeah. there's a doctor there. So, I mean, you don't have to worry about insurance telling you um, what you can do and how much you can charge. Right. So in our perio office, I believe that we were charging um, three, 380 per quadrant. That's a full quadrant. So that would normally be a one hour visit, 380. And then the endoscope piece was actually on top of that. And it was an mm -hmm. out-of-pocket cost because there okay. are like a lab almost, like a lab yes. cost or a materials cost. Exactly. Got it. Our, my periodontist was taking a different point of view and actually he said, you're paying, they're paying for the expertise, not the, the amount of time they're in the chair. Right. So you could almost double that. So you, they would have insurance might cover, you know, 350 and then we would charge 350 for the endoscope as an option. And we always gave that as an option, including with the blind scaling and root planing. Uh, he runs through everything, you know, like do nothing. What happens there? Yeah. You know, it kind of does mm -hmm. the latter effect mm -hmm. from there. The units themselves can cost anywhere between 15,000 and $20,000. That's um, not bad. It, I, it, I would have thought it was, I mean, I just bought an Itero that's $65,000 oh, yeah. shine my, it doesn't shine my shoes. So <laughs> I thought it would be a little, it doesn't do, it doesn't, it, it definitely, it doesn't even say good morning. It's so rude. So salute me when I walk in the office at that price. <laughs> so, I mean, I was expecting it to be a lot more. I mean, well, that's a couple of brand new Cavitron units. 
Yeah. And it's, it's, there are disposables associated with it. So right. you have to so, cover that fiber, right. And yeah. something sterile so that, um, so that you don't yuck it up. Um, so and the those... fi- okay, so the little cord. I'm thinking of the old school traditional lasers that used to have the long fiber, yes, opt- and I'm sure some of them similar. still do. And yeah. then you would have to expand it and then cut it with a little cutter, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you have to make sure you cut it properly because if you cut it wrong, then it would be jagged, and then you would just like assassinate the gingiva on yeah. your way in and out. Um, <laughs> so is that? Are we there? Is that the we same? Don't, no, you don't have to do anything with the fiber. As a matter of fact, you want to be, well, in, the, in terms of like a manipulating it, you yeah. actually want to be very careful with it because every little tiny break, the light goes in and, you know, starts to yeah. seep out. So you want to be really cautious with that. That fiber itself um, is kind of a, it will wear out. It's not a disposable, but it will wear out over time. Um, I believe that Oraview's fiber has been coated. Now my husband could probably speak to this, but I don't know this kind of nerdy stuff, but it's coated in something that makes the fiber more bendable, even though it's the same thing, it's glass, but it's coated in like this stuff that makes it, um, you know, more movable. But Mm -hmm. that guy can and will eventually, the lights will go out. You know, you'll get enough breaks in it that that you won't see anything. And that, I believe, is around $3,000 to replace that fiber. Holy moly. That only happens, I mean, I had to do that. I've been using an endoscope for seven, six, seven years now. I've had to do that once. So but that's you, only you using it. Correct. It's an interesting thing that happens when many people use share items. Yeah. I see my assistants take our x-ray sensors and tightly coil them in like a little coil and I cry and I cringe and I say, you're holding a nine month old baby x-ray. We just bought it nine months ago Yeah, and it's $7,000 and you're wrapping it up like you're about to put your hair in a bun. Like that's, that's, that just, just to me hurts my heart. So I feel like a one-to-one ratio, one equipment to one human ratio will make something last, unless you're just negligent and you're tossing it around like whatever, like it's a skipping rope. Um, Well, there is a way to, you know, there are places that it kind of hangs. There is a designated area for it. So as long as people respect that. And then of course the sterile cover, that sheath is a one-time use. It had a woman from New York City patient I don't know where she found me. Um, she called me personally and said that her um, dentist in New York City wants to do the endoscope on her, but they're charging her $250 for the sheath. Hmm. And then they're going to take it and put it in her chart so that if she oh. ever needs it again. <gasps> Gross. Do you remember when people used to do that with ortho wires? Am I that old that I remember when people used to take out ortho wires and put them in a little bag and then put them in the patient's chart just in case you ever need to go back down to that 016 round? (laughs) You don't don't remember that? My boss used to make me do that and I would throw them away. I'd be like, oh, I don't know where the wire went. Oh, it got cut. It's not going to fit. Yeah, no, keep it. Just in case we ever need to replace a bracket and extrude a tooth, they can go back to that 016 round to pull the tooth down. No? Right. Let's do that. I hope no one from the college is listening to this because that I don't do it anymore. Um, okay. So how much does that sterile sheath cost? I believe it's a patient 80, really. It's, yeah. It's about, it's $80. They're $80 a piece. 
per, per patient. Per use, yeah. Per so use. if you did a half a mouth, I mean, if somebody wanted to do the full mouth, if it's not their limited quadrants, you certainly could um, yeah. do that and be one and done. Um, but it would take likely, all day. Likely. You'd you need a break. Up, yeah. Patient yeah. needs a break too. Yeah. yeah. Patient mm-hmm. needs a break. Do you use an Optrogate or do you use, do you need an HVE? What do you, what kind of isolation a, do you use? I use an isolate. Um, yeah. As long as the patient doesn't judge it before I get in there. Cause I'm kind of all thumbs when I'm doing it. You know what I mean? Cause they start to close and you're like, no, no, wait. And you know, just get it yeah. in place. And then I was really spoiled because my doctor's wife, who I love, shout out to Martha, uh, one of my favorite people in the world, she was, she was a, is a dental assistant, was a dental assistant, and she um, would come in and she, if it was a long case, she would suction for me. Yeah. Um, so she would use the HVE and she would suction and add commentary about current events. It was almost like a <laughs> McMahon on my... <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Carson. <laughs> That's awesome. It was awesome. So, but I did have isolate, and then if they couldn't tolerate that, then I would use the high volume suction. Not like somewhat it. necessarily because of the. Um, I would use it with the you know the the relief for something something in there that they could plant inside their mouths. Yeah. Nice. Very oh. cool. And what are the so post op? Awesome. What are the post op? Um, expectations so everyone's a little different i found in what they do now most of my patients were hail mary cases you know so this is mm-hmm. like either surgery didn't work and we're just trying to hold on for as long as we can or we don't think surgery will work and we're trying to hold on for as long as we can right. so i would throw the book at these things um, if i had it as a resource um, so i did use laser sometimes i would put a little m gain in there as well that's a whole mm-hmm. other topic um, yeah. Because I use the laser, I try to force a blood clot like they do with the LINAP procedure. Yeah. So I would force a clot around the teeth and we would use that as our bandage, just like the same concept with the surgery. So I would tell people, just leave it alone tonight. And then I'd give them an extra soft toothbrush and you can start brushing, but don't be a hero at the gum line, just the teeth for the first week and no interdental care. Mm-hmm. Then after a week, you start getting after it. Um, then, of course, standard stuff, you know, no seeds or nuts of popcorn. Um, yeah, that kind crispy, of business. crunchy. Yeah, yeah. What about alcohol, smoking? Oh, smoking. Obviously smoking, but. <laughs> but, yes. I mean. Yeah, right. Um, alcohol, sure. I mean, I got to be honest, right? I mean, right. come on. It's going to clean it, right? It's antiseptic. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to deny someone. I I mean, you could rinse your mouth with vodka if you really have to. (laughs) Just take a a little tequila. (laughs) Avoid the lime because we don't want any citrus after laser. That's right. right. Yeah. (laughs) Straight back. Yeah. I didn't deny people if they purposefully asked, but most people would not. And I would usually tell them to not. Um, And in terms of rinsing, you know, just tap water and table salt, um, or, um, you know, what else do we, oh, closest or some kind of, you know, chlorine dioxide rinse, um, was what my go-to was, um, today Mm -hmm. I would probably have them do a molecular iodine rinse. Um, that's just a little bit more effective, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right on. We, we once had a periodontist who told people to dilute bleach. I was just about to 
talk about that. Yeah. I do that so too. How do you feel? <laughs> I so, love this, it. so this was this was this was the thing. It was and and I never said it aloud because I knew my colleagues would let's no, like rip Esther, me apart. Esther Wilkins lectured on that for a long may time. She, may she rest yeah, in peace. She, may she rest may in she peace. Rest in peace. Yeah, she'd uh, she'd go around. We're all doing. We're doing the cross. Some form of a of a religious symbol. Mine's like a triangle because I'm so offering it up yes Christianity and Judaism. I'm half and half here. Um, but so, yeah, yeah, she she would lecture on that too. And yeah. putting it through like a water flosser and stuff for patients. It's she, not, okay. it's not new. It's not a new it's thing. It's not, it's no, it's for sure it's not new. But yeah, so my old boss, uh, Dr. Bud, he he would, yeah, Marvin, Marvin Bud, MB. Uh, that's what his his post operative instructions were on a on a little piece of paper he would send people home with of how to have the how to of mixing bleach with yeah water yeah we and i and i rely on that quite a bit and i based on the doctor use it slots, with a monojet monojet um, or no, no with a, well we, no 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 with a no. Uh, a water flosser of water some flosser. sorts yeah i yeah and dr slots did it a lot and he still actually i think he just came out with something that's more recent even just a quarter you know quarter teaspoon to eight ounces yeah. um and and I would sometimes put that in my piezo. Uh, we had a piezo in the back room, nobody wanted. And I started using diluted iodine. People get nervous about iodine because it yeah. gets gunky. Yeah. Um, and mm -hmm. I found that once I start switched over to the diluted bleach, people actually liked that better <laughs> than the diluted iodine. Do you and use the, 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 the um, scent free or? Um, oh God, no, bleach. you can't use anything that's not anything that's well, yeah, you, scent free, nothing that's flavored, like no, like fl no, no, flour no. and nothing no. that's like that thick, no splash stuff. Cause that'll just like be like, you know, just a it slimy It needs to be thing. like the cheap brand, like it needs the, to be store over the counter brand. store brand, nothing fancy. It's not for sensitive skin. Like it's just, just bleach. And those nothing people else. are the people that are bleeders. That's yeah. who I recommend that for. Yeah. Heavy bleeders. Mm -hmm. They seem they they they're telling you they're doing everything they can. This is the this seems to help. Yeah. Very awesome. cool stuff. Very cool so stuff. Good. I want oh. an endoscope now. I know. Doing it all wrong. <clears throat> I mean, Everyone you like all the one. new gadgets too. So I, I could see you getting one soon. And and this is what I'm thinking, like, where am I gonna fit it into my schedule? Cause I work 12 I hour days <laughs> without so a break. Yeah. And I see a million people and all of the people. I need another I need another chair. I think that's where that's where we've landed this past week that I need another chair. Yeah. It's it is time. Tis time. Tis time. Is it actually time though? Tis Katrina? time. Yeah. It is time right now. Do you Tis. know what time it is, Nicole? Holy crap, it's 803. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm t I can fill an hour. Just ask me one question, right? Yeah, it is time. Oh, it she's is, a true speaker. Yeah. So we we are called the Tooth or Dare podcast for a reason. At the end of every episode, we uh, Katrina and I do a rock paper scissors, and the loser goes up against you. You can decide whether you choose to accept or dish a tooth or a dare. So okay. um, we're going to warm up our fingers because it's been a few weeks since we've done this. Yeah, have you been doing, have you doing stretches in Paris, Croatia, Venezia? That's exactly the, what I was doing. I was like, I'm sorry, the, people. I want right. to have a glass of champagne, but can you please hold so I can do my stretches so that I can beat Irene? Doesn't rock <laughs> always win though? I mean, like... <laughs> 
That's I my mean, that's my tactic. It's been not, it's not, not a Sorry, good thing. Sorry, didn't mean to give away your strategy. <laughs> oh, Irene's figured out my strategy. I know her strategy. She closes her eyes and hopes for the best. That's that's what exactly she what does. I do. That is totally what. Oh she does. man. Okay. All right. Well, while while we get ourselves ready for that, um, the rest of you guys need to follow us on Instagram. You can follow me, Irene at toothlife.irene. You can follow Katrina at the dental wine genist. And Nicole, you are also on Instagram. Uh, you are Fortuna and the Terra RDH. Una Terra RDH. Is that right? Did I say it right? My last name is Fortune, so it's Fortunate RDH. Oh, Fortunate, Fortunate RDH, Irene. Fortunate RDH. Oh, but I like Fortuna RDH. Yeah, she goes like Fortuna. I don't know. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe she's Italian. I don't know. <laughs> you are so beautiful inside and out. And I just love you so much. Dude, haven't you it's missed so me? It's been two weeks without me. I really have. I've missed I your Canadian baloney. I, I would miss <laughs> me too if I didn't talk to me for two weeks. Thank you very much. Thank oh, you very man. much. All right, here we go. Katrina, oh. are you ready to go? Okay, I'm ready. I'm nervous. Okay. Rock, okay. rock paper, paper scissors, scissors, shoot. I got rock. Oh, I wow. won. Rock won. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought she was going to think. Okay. All right. All right. Nicole and Katrina. Nicole, would you like to accept a tooth or a dare or would you like to dish? Uh, I'm gonna dish that. <laughs> wow! I don't think anybody's ever done this on our podcast before. This is so crazy. Most people accept. So, so Katrina oh. has a choice now. If she accepts a truth or a tooth, she has to answer it right now. Make it juicy. And if she accepts a dare, it needs to be filmed and it needs to go up on social media within seven days of this episode launching. So, Katrina, what will you do? I'm like the um, Ryan Seacrest of the podcast. I don't, yeah. It's this like is some celebrity like music. The final is, answer. Yeah. This is the fi- your final answer. Are you going to phone a friend? What are you going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to do a tooth because oh. I want to, I want to know. Cause I'm I don't gonna, have time to film anything. I don't have time to film anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ask her anything. Make it juicy, please. Make, make it, it really juicy. juicy. Uh, personal juicy or oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah so, don't you get excited don't, oh, you know. don't you know well this is a, i wanted to ask you this anyway i was going to ask you a rdh on a roof one roof i noticed that in your photos on your vacation you are not alone you are Canoodling. with a gentleman <laughs> i've, I've who, given him who, a nickname who, who his is nickname he? is his nickname is lumber sexual that is what He's i call lumber him sexual <laughs> Who is he? Where did he come from? Where, where did he come, come from? from? Where, where did he come from? Where did he come from? Um, yes. So yes, he he's been nicknamed the <laughs> Does he work in lumber sales? No, does he? <laughs> he just does not. he ever. He's... So he he's he's wonderful, he's amazing. We've been dating oh. for uh, six months now. And I haven't like said anything on social media for a few reasons. One, I didn't want to like say something. And then if it like didn't work out, then people were like, what happened? I thought you were like dating again. You know what I mean? So I wanted to like kind of keep it private. And then out of respect to him, I wanted to kind of like keep it private. Um, he's a consultant and you know, he's just like, he's kind of got his own thing going on, but he's like, babe, like I'm super okay with like being Instagram official. And I'm like, okay, here we go. 
So started posting photos and now everyone's like, of course, like one of the first photos I posted of us were at the white party. Um, I saw that and I was like, did she? No, she didn't. Yeah. Everyone's asking like, did she get married? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not married. I did not get married, but yes, we are of course in white (laughs) together. Um, He's absolutely amazing. And in fact, it was his trip uh, to Croatia that a, an empty spot opened up. And so he was like, Hey, like, I'd love for you to come with me to Europe. So, um, we celebrated our six month anniversary flying oh to Venice, God. which was really amazing. So I can't wait to see how he's going to top it for one year. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> the, the bar is here now. <laughs> That's right. So That's he's, awesome. he's amazing. He's awesome. Thank you for asking. Um, yeah, he's, he's a good, very, very, very good human. Thank you again, Nicole, oh, for being so with nice us. Here. We really appreciate it. Thank no, you for joining for having me. The, the comedy show of Tooth or Dare podcast. <laughs> I mean, it. I swear I learn something every time, but most of the time it's just learning how to make better jokes. Um, yeah, so basically. Th- thanks yeah. again. Keeps uh, <laughs> follow, follow her on Instagram, and she's got a website as well where you can uh, check out all of her cool things. It's NicoleFortuneRDH.com, and she's got her upcoming seminars and some blog posts and some resources. Yeah. So check that out if you want to find more about how to get some cool technology in your practice and uh, that's it until next time peace out peeps cheers and we're back we're back on the flippity flip and now on the flippity flip we have the chance to win a new car I love that episode um, that was great. What a, yeah. what a smarty pants she is. Yeah. She's so cool. Yeah. I really enjoy um, her. I, I, I've really been deep diving to try and find an endoscope to the point where someone even said to me, like, we could ship it to Katrina and then Katrina could ship it to you. And I'm like, yeah. I'm pretty sure that is not how things work. But I will ship it to you, Irene. <laughs> but then you know I can't, I still can't use it because it's considered a medical device. So I'll the, put like, it in the, the back per- of my BMW person, and I'll drive the up there that and I'm going to send it you. to me. She was like, we can't I'm going to hug the bananas out of you, Irene, Irene. We can sell it to Americans. I'm like, yeah, but that's that still doesn't defeat the whole concern that I can't buy it here. So working on it, but I working will. Working on it. I'll let you know One how step it at goes. a time. You're such a mover and a shaker, Irene, Irene. No, you are. No, you are. No, you are. I love you more. We didn't talk about RDH under one roof. Oh, my gosh. At the beginning Um, of this. How was it? You were whirlwind in and out. I was in and out. Yeah, it was. It was. What was the vibe? Tell me the vibe. The, The vibe, honestly, was everyone was just so happy to see each other again. And the trade show floor felt like everyone was like back together. Um there they had so many things in place like if you you know if you were concerned about social distancing they had chairs at the back of of the room that were socially distanced out they had different hmm. like colored buttons that you would wear to share your comfortability of being around people no and things like that so yeah oh. they really like they went over the top to make sure a that everybody was safe but b that everybody cool. was still having a really nice time and that's one of my favorite trade shows i know you feel the same way that they just they do a really nice job of blending high level content but also creating opportunities for hygienists to relax at the end of the day and just connect and have a really nice time so it was good it was really good to see everybody I really want to commend um, you know Laura and Jackie from Endeavor B 
because it was an incredible, incredible event. Um, and just so, so good to see everybody. Thank you. By the way, like, if I can just, like, gab, like, just us girls. Like, yeah. I cannot tell you how many people, because I was at the Aura Pharma booth. I cannot tell you how many people came up to me and they were like, oh my gosh, this guy you're dating? Like literally, I would say probably 50 or 60 people came up to me and asked about oh my him, God. which was just so sweet because, um, you know, it, it certainly, I don't ever so want to come funny. off as like braggadocious and like, look at my hot boyfriend, you know, but people were like, no, it's just like good to see you happy and, Aww. you know, not a spinster with your dogs is probably what they were thinking in the back of their head. Yeah. But um, it was so sweet. And it, you can tell that everybody's been just like itching to see each other and interact with each other and be in the same room with the speaker and really connect. So of course everybody was really sad. They're like, I wish Irene were here. And who? I was tell looking, me who to me. Tell me who said that. I want to know everybody, literally everybody. They're like, Oh, we listened to the podcast. Ha ha. You're so funny. The lumber, blah, blah, blah. You know, they don't, they know the whole thing. So like, uh, you know, cheers to all of you guys. I was, I looked lovingly at the area where you probably would have had your booth, which was across from the Aura Pharma booth. And it just would have been so special. It was right by the bar, which is why I figured you'd probably be right there. Yeah. Um, and it just, I think it, actually it was supposed to be across from the Aura Pharma booth. Yeah. Cause it's by Dental Hygiene Nation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we were going to be neighbor neighborinos. But yep, damn. so that would have been right across damn. from me. Well, so next year. Sending love, and definitely next year we, we've we got to get your Canadian yeah. hiney to RDH. I got a lot room. of DMs from people that were sad that they had registered for my course and then I had to cancel my course. Yeah. So I'm sorry if you're listening. I'm sorry. sorry I tried, but anywho. Cool. Well, thanks again for tuning in. This was a fun episode. Uh, yeah. Check out all of the – there's a lot of links in our in – our, um, description below with some of the resources we talked about some of the equipment that we talked about and of course from our lovely new sponsors at Philips make sure that you check out the Sonicare 9900 prestige 9900 um, with Sensei Q technology and also what color are you going to get are, obviously you're going to get I, champagne because it's it's a beverage yeah, for you yeah kind of want champagne yeah for sure um, but yes, if you are interested in getting your paws on one of these using your uh, uh, sales rep, make sure you contact them. And for my Canadian peeps, um, it's $159.99 Canadian for you as a dental pro. So check it out mm-hmm. and check out the copy. We've got a lot of really cool features about uh, written about um, the prestige toothbrush down below. Prestige. prestige. And uh, that's it. We'll catch you guys at, uh, during the next episode. Um, we love you. Stay tuned. We love Peace you. Peace out, peeps. Cheers. Do you know what? Every time you say prestige, have you seen the movie Step Brothers? No. Okay. There's a, it's Step it's so dumb. It's like Will Ferrell and John C. Riley, but they, they do this like thing where they, they want to start this business called Prestige Worldwide. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they're like trying to present it, to present this like concept to their dad and like all these investors, but they're just like yahoos and like Prestige Worldwide. And they're doing this whole thing. So every time you say that, it makes me think of that. Cool. I'm so happy. I know. I'm embarrassed that, that I just thought of that. That's just us one. being dumb. I wonder if people like, do you sometimes think, Irene, that people think that we're like Weird. glitzy and glammy doing it like yes when really it's like I have Katrina I have Katrina hair which is I like which, big which hair and me, I cannot which lie to me this makes, you other it makes me feel like I kind of look like a scarecrow I went as the scarecrow for Halloween one year. There was like a whole group of us. That. My friend Johnny went as Dorothy, Dorothy in drag, obviously. Dorothy in drag. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and then the rest of us went as like the rest of the crew. No. And I was the scarecrow. I'd be Toto. You'd be. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
You'd be the cowardly left. <laughs> I only had. <laughs> okay, here we go. Okay. Down at the Copa. Copa Cabana. I like how they say that your call is important to them and yet you're on hold for like 30 minutes and so you're like actually my call is not important to you.